They leave me alone for several days. Well, light-dark cycles, anyway. I don't know how many. I've completely lost track of time. The dark cycles sometimes don't seem long enough, and other times seem like they'll never end. It's hard to keep track of anything. I'm so fucking exhausted. Coffee doesn't do anything but take a bit of the edge off. Doesn't help that I dream every time I manage to fall asleep, so vividly that I jerk myself awake violently half the time, with sweat drying all over my body. That goddamned song. Those fucking oaths. They're never far from my memory these days. Sometimes, I swear I can hear people singing them, somewhere just on the edge of hearing. But when I try to focus on the voices, they're gone. I thought I was used to being helpless after a month and a half with the cult. Turns out, there's new depths to be plumbed. Sometime during one of the eternal light cycles, one of the stone-faced guards shows up to take me back for further questioning. I consider resisting for a moment. That interrogation room shows up in some of my nightmares. But what's the point? So, I follow him, exhaustion making me feel like I'm swimming through syrup. The door opens and your eyes adjust as you step inside. The overhead light no longer is a naked bulb designed to tear through your senses. Inside, the room is illuminated to a dark crimson. The metal chair has been replaced by a chair similar to those in a higher-end waiting room. There is a seat cushion. A coffee mug and a donut sit waiting for you. The G-Man stands on the other side of the table and motions for you to sit. I'm sorry, it has been some time. Would you please continue? Moving slowly, I sit across from the G-Man. The seat is so comfortable, I can't help a little sigh when I sink into it, kicking a shoe off and tucking a leg up under myself. The light doesn't hurt my eyes for once, and I take my glasses off, setting them on the table next to me. Sorry about last time. My voice hurts after days of hidden tears and no talking, and I clear my throat. That was... Not something I'm proud of. It's okay. Pride goes before destruction. You're listening to The Redacted Reports, a Delta Green podcast. When we last left our agents, Rooster and Quinn were at the high school researching the students. They found some information that proved to be quite useful. They tracked down Eric Allen Raven and his compatriots. Also, River and Rowan were at the retirement home speaking to Mr. Delgado, and Mr. Delgado conjured up some deep, dark memories for Agent Rowan. So we join our agents today. It is June 9th. Excuse me, it's June 8th. It's a Tuesday, mid-afternoon, and I think everyone is kind of heading back to the hotel. Is that right, or are we going off somewhere else? Yeah, as far as I know, we've gotten what we need, at least, from uh, Mr. Delgado at the retirement home. So I think that we're going to head back toward the hotel to meet up with the other two, see what they found out, and decide on a plan of action from there. Because for Rowan right now, she's getting to the point where it's like, okay, there's a lot of different threads that we can pull on. It's time to red string a bit. I'm assuming something similar, unless Quinn screams at me again, because I'm not risking that. She has the names, which is the main thing she was hoping to get from the yearbooks. She does eventually want to see if she can find that newspaper article that, you know, River uncovered in his research to see if, like, the local library has that microfiche still. But for her, she is pretty anxious and and, um, really wants the rest of the team to know the names. You know, she is so kind of ready to start researching that even as Rooster is driving the two of them back to the hotel, she will be on her phone, on social media, trying to look up these names of these students um, to see if she can find anything about them. You know, are there pictures that show that they tend to hang out at a certain place? Are there any other people that are a common thread among them? Any, she's just trying to find like any other clues and try to get a sense of their age. You know, obviously she will want to tell the police the names, 
but she knows that if any of them are under 18, it's going to be a bit of a hurdle for law enforcement to interrogate them, you know, the legal way. And so there might be some roundabout investigation and perhaps questioning that Quinn and team would want to do before, you know, handing them over to the police. I I love, I love your air quotes around legal. We're going to move forward and, and get everybody kind of back together. Uh, Agent Rowan and Agent River catch a Lyft back, Lyft or Uber, rideshare program back to the hotel. Serendipitously, they arrive at the same time as Rooster and Quinn. Across the street, there is a small food truck parade pulling into a parking lot. You know, so this gives you another option for dinner. You know, get some, get some local food. And Rowan has been absolutely silent since she said, oh shit, back in Delgado's residence. She, she, she let River make their excuses as she just slipped out and was just silent, still very pale, and hasn't been able to be drawn into conversation. If this assignment's going to be a problem for you, you'd better let us know. I mean, yes, but what are we going to do about it? I mean, if this was an official case, you wouldn't be anywhere near it. Well... That's true, but this isn't official, not in the sense that they think of it. You see Rooster get out of the Tahoe and Quinn follow uh, shortly thereafter as you guys get out of your ride. It's early afternoon. It's 3.30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. The sun has come down a little bit and it's starting to bear down onto the city of Yuma. The temperature is rising quickly. You're well over triple digits. It's close to 112, 115 degrees right now. Too hot to be outside. Let's go into the air-conditioned lobby quickly. How do those food truck workers survive? Lots of fans. I'm just going to sort of look at the two of them, glance at Quinn, and then glance at the trucks, and go score a burrito and a beer. Or a burrito, not a beer. Sorry. So you head over to the food truck thing that strikes you as abnormal is you see desert shrimp truck. I'm sorry, what? Desert shrimp truck. It's a small vehicle and on on it has locally grown and farmed shrimp from the Arizona desert. And it's got a burrito and it has all kinds of other type of shrimp food. And the fellow working the food truck, the person taking the orders, uh, is a little bit odd looking his glasses are extremely thick you would say almost fishbowl thick hmm great well first i'm gonna look at him and i'm gonna go desert and shrimp i thought those usually came from water they do so we have a farm we actually dredge out an entire pond and we actually brought in all different types of shrimp and uh it's, Wait, we've been quite successful. Did you just say you have a shrimp farm? Yeah. Actually, we don't have a shrimp farm. We buy from the shrimp farm. And he, adjust, he adjusts his glasses, and the glasses are so thick it makes your eyes water yourself. Shrimp farm. I think that means I either absolutely must or absolutely must not get food here. Do you have t-shirts? Yeah, we do. Okay. Can you want a t-shirt? I, he looks yeah. at you. We got your size. Do you have something that says, like, shrimpin' ain't easy or hard out here for a shrimp with Yuma on it? Uh, no, but, well, we might make one up. That doesn't sound like a bad idea. Shrimpin' ain't easy, that just alludes to some other things, but it's kind of true. But we don't want to, like, lead too much on the Bubba Gump thing. Damn. Okay. Well, never mind, then I'll find something else. No, all right. But I'll, ta- I'll take a burrito. That sounds good. There you go. It's a little bit pricier than, than what you expected, but when the smell hits you, you realize this is quality stuff. Well, I'm expensing it anyway. Give me a luck roll as you walk away. Shit. <laughs> at least I actually get to roll this time. Nope. At, at least uh, it's not Call of Cthulhu. Okay, cool. So you rolled a... 96. 96. Excellent. All right, so you walk, you walk past this place with, you know, walk back, no problem at all. What the casual observer notices is that there's a mermaid and a merman scene drawn on the back in some nice artwork. Of course on, there on is. The, no, I'm sorry. You're, you're fine. You're, you're walking across the highway with your giant-sized burrito that smells amazing. I do want to think for a second. Should I get some for the others? Might not be a bad idea. Everybody's been out. Out and about. Then I remember there's 
then I don't have enough hands for all of those, and I don't know what people eat yet, and I do not want to piss off Quinn. So I'm going to go back and get one anyway, because I really don't want to piss her off. So you're just going to get one, or are you going to get four? No, I'll get I'll get five more. You get five more? Okay. Not five. Sorry, I meant one for me and then one for everyone, including me. So that's five total. Five total. So you want another one. All right, a second one. Yeah, the I'm going to stick it in Roan's fridge. The guy looks at you. You didn't even buy it. You want more? All right. And he rolls up a t-shirt and, and uh, hands it to you. And uh, he throws that in with, with the purchase. Nice. I'm going to make sure I get a receipt and then head on back to the hotel. Back in the air conditioning of the hotel, it seems to be a uh, something that allows you to relax a little bit. The sharp change in temperature kind of shocks you. You know, if you were kind of in a weird state or a weird feeling, it shocked you to make you make sure that you know you're alive. For better or worse. So when Quinn returned, because Rowan's room has been just the meeting place, she'll probably immediately go knock on her door to see if by any chance she and River got back first. I think we arrived at about the same time, didn't we? You guys, you guys did arrive at the same time. We saw each oh. other outside. <laughs> by chance. But yeah, Rowan would, would have gone straight up to her room to try to get some water and try to cool off a little bit. There's a knock at your door. I'll go over and, and open it. And you see the friendly face of Quinn on the outside. And River making his way with his, you know, walking sticks. And Quinn got a an iced green tea on her way up. Yeah, maybe it's a sign of uh, what kind of mental state Rowan is in. There's no coffee anywhere near her hand. Holy shit. So yeah, she'll open the door and step back to let Quinn and River in. Uh, where'd Rooster go? Food trucks. Yeah, fair enough. We skipped lunch. Basically, just let me know when I get back. Okay, couple moments. Let them. Let's see if they if there's anything that they want to go over. If not, then we'll just say that rooster pops in. Well, we talked to Delgado. We didn't really learn a whole lot that's new, but I think he confirmed a lot of our suspicions. Yeah, he mentioned that the patients who were at the annex didn't have TB, which we knew already, but apparently they had rickets, which I'm not super familiar with. Well, that's what he said anyway. Well, that's what he said. They were in tanks, or were in water a lot to help relieve their pain. So that's what the tanks were for. That's what I suspect. Apparently Delgado didn't go downstairs, so whether or not there were people who were Further along, perhaps? More unable to live outside of water? Hard to say. Hmm. I mean, in the original colony or following of the Order of Dagon, it was written that there was definitely inbreeding and some degenerative traits based on that. Is is rickets a disease that happens because of inbreeding? I'm not familiar with it. I'm not sure, or perhaps there are some effects that appear similar to rickets. I'd have to do... A bit of research myself on that. But we did definitely confirm that they, he, he remembered the name Dagon after all these years. Well, we also got useful information. We have the names of the other high school accomplices. Oh, that's very useful. And did Quinn find anything in the car when she was looking through social media? Yes, Quinn actually did. I was going to go over that with you here in a moment. You did find Eric Allen Ravens, uh, his links. He's got quite a few. He actually does streaming. He streams video games. And uh, much of it's on a, uh, a popular uh, streaming site that's utilized by Quest and Chaos as well. You do not find anything for Eve. Rodrigo, though, did have a social media account. Um, his social media account is fairly bare. It's A lot of it's just sports stuff. And then it stopped. And then there is a pretty morbid note on the social media about not being good enough. That's the gist of it. It didn't sound suicidal, definitely sound depressive and disappointing, but did not trigger alarms, but still something to question about. And uh, Alexander Leninsky, he has quite a bit of a, a social media presence as well. He apparently streams with Eric Allen quite a bit. Got it. And the scene you didn't show was Quinn getting frustrated and trying to figure out 
TikTok. Because after she found kind of little on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, she's like trying to look them up on TikTok and just couldn't figure out how to do it. No, it was, it's so Seriously, you, you have to know who you're looking for and their handle in order to freaking find anything. And if they've got tons of stuff, you have to know what one of the tags was just to even get close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the streaming, she probably would have also like, because I don't think she watches like video game streams. Um, so she wouldn't have tried to attempt that on her phone. She probably would have made a note that when she's back on her computer, she definitely wants to try to skim through a few of those, um, listen to the commentary, see if there's anything interesting in what they say. But she has not yet done that. But was she able to get a sense of their age? Because I know like on Facebook, people can put the year when they put their birthday, they can put the year, but not necessarily everyone does. So um, Eric Allen is listed as being 25. You know, that's definitely not right. Alexander Leninsky leaves left it blank, and uh, Rodrigo has that he is the class of 2021. But that's like definitely, it could be on the border. It's no guarantee. He could be 17 or 18. Yeah. Um, so she'll relay that information, um, and she'll also just mention they all appear to be high school seniors, which means they could be 18, they could not. I mean, Eric Allen must have been since the police were able to question him um, without any type of guardian there. But the others, there's no guarantee. I do want to give their names to police, but if they're going to take them in only to be roadblocked, that's not really going to get us very far. I just wonder if we can delay turning in those names to the police and do a little bit of investigation, surveillance perhaps ourselves. Surveillance, probably. I'm relatively sure that we're able to track that sort of thing down. If we want to try to question them, though, and uh, we don't tell the police first and then turn them over to the police, that could cause some difficulty in our relationship with Yuma PD. Rooster. That's fair. You're at the door at this point. River, I, you're in Rowan's room? Yeah. Okay. I was just double checking. Sitting with his foot propped up. Yeah. It's feeling better-ish. So outside, I've got my arms full of burritos, so I'm just going to sort of start kicking the door. I'll get up and go over and open the door for him. Again, I know that Rooster's the only one who's going to be kicking my door like that, although I'm curious as to the reasoning behind this one, because I know he doesn't have... Well, he probably doesn't have coffee this time. Door opens, I go. So, I got burritos. I also got some great Kawinka dinkers. Why don't you come in and offload the arm load? Come on in. I'll walk in and go, Hey, River, catch. Toss him a burrito. It's wrapped up in foil. It's good. (laughs) It's about eight ounces, so it's about a half a pound. You know what? Because it's fun, River, make a dex. (laughs) I said toss, not throw. 21. Uh, They're synonyms. Good. 21. Uh, I believe that that you certainly make that dexterity check, yes? Yeah. You're able to catch it without a problem. It's a pretty weighty burrito. It's actually more than eight ounces. It's it's about 12 to 14. It's a heavy, good burrito. Good food truck burrito. I'll sort of hand the other one to Rowan because she's right next to me, and I'll sort of go up to Quinn and put it next to her gently on the table, and then stick the last one in Rowan's fridge and pull out an energy drink and say, so get this. These are shrimp burritos. Yes, we're in the desert. They are local shrimp. From, get this, a shrimp farm. And what's the name of the company that you purchased these from? I say, like, hefting this massive burrito and be like, I am not hungry. I toss her the shirt. What was the name of it again? Desert Shrimp. Hmm. All right. What, just because we're looking at a sea cult and there are shrimp around here? You think that's something meaningful? Well, that because, I don't know, Glasses said something about an Operation Shrimp Farm early on. Yes, that's what this is called right now. What we yeah, are doing. that. Oh, I forgot that. I'm going to go and put the, the burrito into the fridge as well and sit back down in the desk chair. I'll unwrap it, take a look, and go, well... Something tells me this is either going to be really good or something I'm going to regret. You've made a good decision. You've chosen wisely. (laughs) Like the old man said in in, uh, Last Crusade. It's quite tasty. It's a good, it's it's actually not, it's better than good. It's fantastic. The shrimp is really, really sweet. It's well done. Tons of layers of flavors. It's fantastic. And hopefully that rooster doesn't have the aversion to cilantro. And then it doesn't taste like soap because there would be so. (laughs) There's enough cilantro on there. 
Quinn uh, eyes hers on the on the desk and thinks to herself, "Gosh, I really should have a solid." Before finally mumbling, "Oh fuck it," and she grabs <laughs> hers and takes a big bite because she yeah she hasn't eaten in a while, so she's pretty hungry. Okay, glasses. I fuck up a lot. I did not fuck up this time. Seriously, you need to try this shit. I'll try it in a bit. I'm not hungry at the moment, but thank you. I appreciate you grabbing these for us. You have a receipt, I assume? We can expense that? Duh. Excellent. If you want to leave receipts with me so you don't have to worry about it later, you can do that. Or you can hang on to them, whatever. Yep, here you go. Thank you. I'll take it and put it into a a folder that I keep receipts in. I have a standard operating procedure for these sorts of of jobs. Because of course you do. I do enough of them. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're uh, feeling a bit better. At least you're able to joke now. I, I shoot him a look that is filled with daggers. And Quinn hears that comment and says, What? Wait, what happened? Son of a bitch. Delgado remembered this uh, song that the uh, patients used to sing, and apparently it's one that Rowan's familiar with too. It's very disturbing. I'm not going to try to repeat it. So you heard this when you were confined? Yes. And I had forgotten it until he sang it. So all of the patients were connected with this cult then? It sounds like it. It's it's an oath. An oath put to a song, a, a, a shanty tune. It's very upbeat when it's sung correctly. If I remember correctly, I did my very best to forget that. <laughs> and apparently I succeeded until... Wait, 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 wait! Are, are we allowed to hear this? Is this gonna is this gonna be a like brain scrubbing thing? It's disturbing. Okay. It is kind of catchy. When you don't make those rolls, it sticks in your head for a long time. Perhaps we could write out the lyrics and just read them, or just assume that we're all good, unless we need to know what it says. We need to know what it says. Okay, I fine. don't. I don't know what's needed to be known at this point. I really don't. I just... It's okay. It's okay. I'll write out the bit that I remember. I don't think it was the whole thing. I don't think I ever heard the whole thing. There was... Anyway. Um, I'll, and I'll sit and I'll write out the... Was Is it one verse or two that I that I know? You would know the, you would know the first and the second verse. Okay. So I'll, I'll write those those two out. And while Rowan's doing that, Quinn will pipe up. It doesn't surprise me these patients, well, I guess it surprised me that all the patients were connected with the cult, but I had suspicions that at least some were, you know, given the escaped patient Albert Marsh, you know, the original cult led by Obed Marsh. I assumed a connection. I would be interested in researching the family tree a little bit more if I can find anything. Wonder if it's a tree or a bush. Well, while we were sitting here, I did look up rickets. You know, it is caused by a vitamin D deficiency, and rare inherited disorders can cause that. I know it's a stretch, but it could be a cause for these patients. So for those of us who failed high school everything, can you elaborate what that means? Yes, I don't think you were back with the burritos yet. In the brief that I received, in addition to the brief that we all received for this mission, There was note that the original cult in the 1800s, there was alleged inbreeding among the members, which caused degenerative traits. If these patients were perhaps descendants of this order, that could be quite a few generations of inbreeding, and it could be a cause of the rickets or whatever disorder they had Well, I guess you weren't here for this either, Rooster. Those tanks that we found, it seems like patients were in those tanks to relieve the effects of having rickets or whatever, you know, disorder was causing this physical disability in them. Hmm. That's it. I I, I got nothing. Just, hmm. Was there information about what brought those patients to that center in Arizona when, you know, our intel is that the original order was all the way in Massachusetts. From what I remember seeing, and correct me if I'm wrong about this, they were prisoners brought in by the military to that to that annex. Yeah, it was Office of Naval Intelligence that brought them in. 
What happened to the rest of the patients? Those were all the patients. What do you mean? They just lived out their days there? Maybe. There were 200 of them or something, and nothing ever happened to the rest? Well, something must have happened because they closed the place down eventually. I mean, maybe they all finally died off. Except for 197. Albert Marsh. Who escaped and was never found, apparently. You did find out that when it did close, there was a shift of research to other locations, one of them being a New Mexico location. But, I mean, if you want to find out more, you've got a couple leads that you might want to tack on or research. And one of the former employees lives in New Mexico right now. I was about to say that. So they probably moved to the new facility, and that's what brought them to New Mexico. Or we could... We would probably make that connection. It's a reasonable, it's a reasonable extrapolation. We can always hope that. But before we do that, the other employee that we have a lead on is in the east coast of Vermont, I believe. Ophelia Winters, uh, I'd like to call her before it gets too late. Glance at my watch. Well, it should only be about seven there, right? The old speakerphone call, perhaps? All right. Real fast, before we do, I got one more question. Do we know if any of these people were in the Air Force, or were they all Navy? I mean, was this really a Navy center, or was that just a front? Well, it was I mean, O&I, so... But it, anyway, Navy doesn't matter. Were any of them in the Air Force? The, the Air Force didn't exist back then. Right, I knew that. So, here's my point. All of this has to do with Massachusetts on a port town, things in the water, Right. Remember what the word for the bottom of a water thing is? Benthic. Yeah. Quinn looks confused. Benthic Pharmaceutical were the people who had a lot... They were our our smoking gun in our last case that we worked together. And then they were just smoke. She raises her eyebrows at that. I didn't do it, I swear. This time it wasn't me. Mostly. No, you're right. Actually, Rory and I set her on fire. I was just the one who put the Purell in the ketchup bottle. And Quinn holds up a hand. I don't think I want to know. You really, really don't. Whatever she was, she wasn't human anymore. The Purell part's cool, actually. We'll leave that for another time. Anyway. All I'm saying is that it's something to keep in mind. If Air Force comes up, we should probably keep a lookout. It's, it's quite annoying how many water references have been happening around us the last couple of cases. Yeah, I'm not saying these people are majestic, but put up the hands, it's majestic. Well, majestic had a lot more to do with actual aliens, right? They were the ones who were Area 51 and scooped up the greys. Now, if they were trying to take over in Delta Green's place, maybe... Yeah, but we've got, there were already Greys and Migos. There were two of them. Why not underwater UFOs too? I I don't know. All I know is, fuck them, let's keep an eye out. You just really want the excuse to say aliens to another civilian. Okay, now I do. Um, (laughs) Like hell, was I the one who put that in your head? Honestly, I, I feel like I need to come up with a new gimmick, but... No, ma- mainly I just don't want to deal with those fuckers again because I don't have another anti-tank rocket. And I am tired of getting scarred up by Majestic. I could talk to Sodi. Remind me, I need to ask Sodi for for some heavy ordnance before we go in. Sure, and I'll turn the notepad that I've been writing on and push it in their in their direction. Agent Rowan usually has really nice handwriting. She fills out a lot of forms. She's developed her handwriting. This is not her good handwriting. As much as she's joking. Her hands are shaking. So Quinn would definitely be interested in grabbing that and reading through the lyrics. Yeah, it would, it would be the first two verses is what she knows. So Quinn has the paper. She looks up at Rowan. Is it okay for me to read this out loud? Uh, um, I thought we decided we weren't going to do that for safety. Oh, I thought that was just singing it. I stick my fingers in my ears and go, la, 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 okay. la, 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 So la, then she'll just, da. instead of reading it, she'll uh, beckon. Oh, but we've already heard it, right? Yes. So I'm the only one who needs it. Well, he heard pieces of it because Delgado forgot some of the words. 
And he only knew the second verse, right? Yes, he only knew the second verse. And he actually, he misspoke the word digging. He said digging, and it's I am digging, I am. But he is promptly corrected by the words. Okay, maybe she's reading it to herself and just says it a little louder than she expects to. It gets into your head. Yeah. I give my life to EOD. I dig on Aya. The deep ones know what is best for me. Oh, because that's Aya not bad. Dig on Aya. My oath I swear never to betray. Aya dig on Aya. The ancient laws over me hold sway. The order has right to judge and try. Punishing any failure or lie. Well, we saw punishing of Eric Allen for sure. My faith in all things with the Deep Ones, I will keep no matter what fate comes. I swear never to resist their will. We saw that as well. My mind with their desires shall fill. The Deep Ones' secrets never to share. To this I shall pledge. To this I swear. Well, our encounter with Eric Allen makes a lot more sense. Does it, though? <laughs> Does it? It's almost like Dagon has a way of forcing them to keep their oath. And if people are able to tap into this, then they're able to gain power from it, potentially. And they call themselves the Deep Ones, apparently. And the EOD is the Esoteric Order. Yes. So deep, like deep water? Probably. I mean, everything else is tied to fucking water. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm cranky. Rightly so. How long has it been since you had coffee? She actually has to sit back and think about that for a second. Whoa. Who are you and what have you done with glasses? (laughs) Uh, a little bit, uh, (laughs) a little bit shaken at the moment. Um, I think coffee might be a good idea. I'm starting to get a headache. (laughs) Yeah, when I gave up coffee, it was like going through withdrawals of a drug. So <laughs> I'm going to reach over and pick up the phone from the desk, hotel desk, and go, Uh, room service, can we get a pot of coffee, please? Uh, would you like, would you like room service coffee or would you like the Starbucks coffee? <sighs> I'm just going to hand the phone to Rowan. What was the question? <laughs> I'm ordering coffee. They want to know what you want. Uh, Starbucks, please. And I give my order with, and so everyone, everyone except Quinn, well, maybe Quinn at this point would, would know that she always puts like three, three to four shots. This is six shots into a grande. Ooh. It's not going to taste very good. <laughs> yeah. Cause Starbucks is usually burnt. Mm-hmm. That way it always tastes the same. Well, and that's, and that's why she drinks Starbucks is because when she's traveling nationwide, she knows what to get. It all tastes the same. So, yeah, she'll put that order in and, you know, have it charged to the room and put the phone down. (sighs) Thank you. That's a good call. I say looking at Rooster. You're welcome, but let's be honest, that was River's idea. I just made it happen. Fair point. I'm, yes. My brain is not here. I'm going to step out of conversation until I have coffee in my hand and on its way into my bloodstream. (laughs) Too much blood in your caffeine system? Is what you're saying? Seriously. Way too much blood in my caffeine system. You know, there are still two energy drinks in your fridge. I want to have caffeine not be out of my mind jittery. Um, uh, (laughs) he's gonna look really pained. Yeah, start counting on his fingers and the, sure, let's go with that. Look, the, the, the energy drinks hit me differently. I only use them when I really, really, really need to be awake. But they hit me very differently than coffee does. Also, Rooster probably has undiagnosed ADHD, and he doesn't get jittery because the caffeine and the energy drinks calm him. Most likely. Probably. Wait, this is him calm? Yes. Would you like to see him not on on the uh, energy drinks? Having had students who are like that, yes, (laughs) this is him calm. And Quinn is just like kind of slowly munching on her shrimp burrito as she watches the back and forth between. <laughs> oh her right, among she's still really here. the team. I mean, she's very fascinated by their dynamic. Quinn, you surprisingly get to the end and you don't realize where it went. You swallow that thing quicker than you imagine. It was just so good. You're like, where'd it go? Invisible shrimp burrito. It disappeared. So River, you've got the lead. You're gonna give a call to the the person in Vermont. 
Yeah, I'm going to wait for the coffee to arrive so that Rowan Thank can you. participate. <laughs> so Rowan can actually focus long enough to ask decent questions. Um, the coffee shows up. You sign off on it. Uh, you've got the two, the, the cups there. It uh, smells good. And you did have the phone number for uh, Ophelia Winters. She resides in Bennington, Vermont. If she is like anything like Peter Delgado, she is also very old. Well, because when did it shut down again? In the 40s? Final was in the 40s, yes. 47, I believe. All right. So once she's gotten a couple good swigs into her and can feel the caffeine starting to work, easing the headache and calming her down a little bit, Rowan will pull her phone out and put it in the middle of the table and glance around and make sure everyone's ready to be part of this and start dialing the number. This is the part where I shut up, right? Unless there's something that really, really, really needs to be said. Yes. My version of really, really needs to be said or your version? Mine. Okay. Uh, hello? Yes, hello. Uh, Miss Winters? Uh, yes, this is Gertrude Winters. Who am I speaking with? Yes, hello. My name is Special Agent Redacted. I'm with the FBI. Oh, okay. I'm looking for Ophelia Winters. Uh, yeah, my mother's currently, um, she's busy at the moment. What, what, can I do something for you? I'm afraid that we have some questions for her that I don't know if you'll be able to answer. It has to do with a facility that she worked in decades ago. Okay, hold on a moment. Thank mother, you. the FBI is on the phone for you. No, they said that they wanted to talk to you, not talk to me. I don't know about statutes of limitations. <laughs> I'm going to kind of stage whisper. Oh, I like her. Remember the Fifth Amendment. Gertrude brings the phone back to her. Um, my mother will be on just shortly. Um, please bear with me. You hear a little bit of shuffling and then the phone gets handed over and you hear, Hello, this is Ophelia Winters. Hello, Ophelia. My name is Special Agent Redacted. As your daughter said, I'm with the FBI. What is your badge number? I'll rattle it off without really thinking about it, because I just know it. You hear a little bit of writing in the background, like you can actually hear the pencil to paper. What can I do for you, Agent Redacted? I have a couple of questions about a facility that you worked in in uh, Mustang, Arizona. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. So what was your position at that facility? It was a long time ago. I, uh, I was a nurse in the Navy before the Second War, 1936 to 1939. I was there. I, I worked as a nurse. It was, it was said to be a tuberculosis, tuberculosis, tubercu tuberculosis ward. It wasn't. It was a secret research facility for chemical weapons. What did the prisoners... Were they the experimental subjects? Oh, you know about the prisoners. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you know about the basement, huh? Tell me more about the basement. I've seen it, but of course now it's been decades. There were at least over a hundred or so of these giant tanks that people were in. They said it was to cure their TB and rickets. Mmm, that was horse shit. The, the tanks, what can you tell me about them? About the people who were in them? Oh, those poor people. They were brought over from from Massachusetts, over on the over on the coast. They were all from the same town, and our loving Uncle Sam took care of them, even though they were prisoners, and I heard that they were part of a cult, an evil cult that did things that were quite unchristian and untoward to people, but I don't entirely know about that because I don't really trust our Uncle Sam, but they tested on them. They performed all kinds of tests on them. What kinds of chemical weapons were being developed there? I'm not sure, but it looks as though that it burnt all over their bodies. There was one named Eve Grandmith. She talked about Devil's Reef, on and on about going to Devil's Reef. I thought that's where they came from, but no, that's where she said she was going. But she she did not look so good. I remember her to this day. It's, it's etched into my brain. Some things you don't forget. Like when FDR said it was a day that lived in infamy. I remember that. This is that kind of Point. Yes, there are some things that you just cannot forget. Quinn will write on a piece of paper so the rest of the team can um, see. Paradise beyond the lay, a city beyond Devil's Reef. And she'll just show it to the team. I'll glance at that and nod a little bit. Her legs were, were burnt 
and she had chemical burns all over her. She was misshapen, it just didn't seem right, and her eyes kind of bulged out. She was a nice lady, if you would call her. Well, she was nice. I remember her being nice to me. She tried to tell me all about the Devil's Reef, but I had other things to take care of. Were they able to live outside of the tanks, or did they need those tanks? Oh no, they worked. They ran around just fine. So why the tanks in particular? Keep them from, uh, from doing the, the thing. Doing the thing? Yeah, yeah, the thing. What happens when people get together kind of like each other? Quinn mouths inbreeding. I just said this At the <laughs> same exact time, Rooster's gonna mouth fucking. If I give both of them just the most deadpan expression possible. <laughs> I don't want to say that they were lecherous, or but they did some things that were quite unchristian, but, you know, we all have our own ways, but... Actually, the the tanks were there to, to test them and to see if different things reacted to them. I'm pretty certain that there were there were issues in there where they were testing blood oxygen. I remember that. Do you know anything about 197? Oh, Albert. He was a proper asshole. I heard that he escaped. Yeah, yeah. He broke out. I didn't care too much for that. Can you tell me anything about him before he escaped? Was he... Would you consider him the leader or someone that they looked to? Oh, yeah. They always talked to him. They talked about him. A lot of them had to check with him before they could do anything that was outside of what the doctors had prescribed. I would like to say that we were humane, but that would be stretching the truth. Well, Navy medical medical experiments in general, not particularly known to be humane. Well, my husband and I, I met him there. He was a lovely lad. He, his name was Eugene. Dr. Goldrin, he was he was a good man. He, he worked out well with that. And, you know, we got together and then we moved to New Mexico when they up and moved out, moved that way. And then he, he gave up on the job and we moved out here. And he passed a few years later in a car accident. Were they continuing the same experiments in New Mexico? I wasn't working there at the moment, but I do think they did. Why did they leave Arizona? Have you ever been to Yuma, Arizona? I'm there right now. Oh, then you know it's what? It's June. Oh, wow. It it's must hell, be as yes. It must be as hot as Satan's testicles. It's a dry heat. <sighs> they kept the humidity in that place about 65% because some of those fellas and ladies would dry up. Oh, that sounds like the worst. I'm terribly sorry. That's okay. We live and we learn, but I'm a hundred years old as of two weeks ago. Maybe, maybe I'm not going to paradise because this is my penance and this is what I have to pay off for the things that I did there. But when I do, I hope to be in the arms of the creator. Is there anything else that you can think of that may be pertinent to an investigation of a similar cult now? Lysergic acid, thymolide. That might have something to do with it. That was one of the things that was tested there. What sort of effect did it have? Oh, it became quite popular amongst the long-haired folks in the 60s and 70s. Ah. What was it again? Can you say the name of the chemical again? Lysergic acid, thymolide. Ah. LSD. Yep. So they tested LSD on these folks. What sort of effect did it have on them? Oh. I was just a nurse. I was not a psych nurse, though I know people that did go into that that business. They say it overlaps. It does not. It's an experience when other people see things that aren't necessarily there or convinced that it's there. I actually think some of that stuff was real that they saw. Because I saw some of that stuff on that in the later 60s and 50s. But that's... I think I think we're clear of any kind of legal things. Isn't that right? A special agent redacted. And I have absolutely no interest in, in any pursuing any sort of drug anything you're fine okay that's good you wouldn't happen to know anybody that would be able to supply an old woman with some rooster kind of raises his hand a little bit i'll glance at him and be like he rolls his eyes like come on (laughs) (laughs) strictly off the record possibly oh excellent i can give you my address and you can mail it to me though i think that might be a federal crime so let's not do that pretty sure that's a federal crime yes but i would like a christmas card from you and i will send a christmas card back you know what yes i would i would love to exchange christmas cards with you excellent all right can you think of anything else what what caused the burns do you know she came in like that a couple of them came in that way 
I think it had to do with when, when they were uh, arrested or captured or incarcerated or imprisoned. Whatever fancy word the United States government wishes to call the stealing of people from their homes and throwing them into a cage. Yeah. All right. Did you ever get a sense for why the Navy had them in particular? Well, the Army, they were a bunch of, let's just say that they didn't know their asses from a hole in the ground. So it fell to the Navy to deal with a cult, though. Why a military operation to deal with a domestic cult? I don't think it was a cult. I just think they found bodies that they were going to put pokes and needles into and try different things on that are going to be nightmarish and make people scream and cry and call out for things that don't exist. But I do have to say, though, they did have a catchy-ass song. Some things you never forget, huh? Nope. So, was there anything else physically odd about them, besides the large eyes? Uh, some of them did not, uh... A lot of them had malformities, whether it was from malnutrition, um, or if it was just from, uh, you know, co-sanguination of breeding. Got a little bit too close sometimes. It wasn't their fault. Oftentimes it was their parents and their grandparents, so we can't hold the sins of the father to the children. That's fair. I do have to say, though, I do think that some of the items that they gave them did did calm them down, but there was more more bad than good there. Seems very likely. Well, if you wouldn't mind giving me your address, we can we can exchange cards. Excellent. I am on redacted. Yeah, and I'll and I'll I'll write it down and slip it into my my pocket for later and then thank you again for your time ophelia oh you're quite welcome it was a pleasure speaking with you and i look forward to your christmas card and i will send one back in response remember transferring items that are considered class one control substances through the mail is a federal crime and that should not be done because people listen here on these type of telephone things it is absolutely true on All of those counts, actually. Yes. Have a lovely evening, Miss Winters. You too. Maybe we could have Christmas in July. Mm. (laughs) Thank you so much. And I'll... Have a good day. See, I told you she wasn't going to be a prop click. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. She's definitely getting a Desert Shrimp Farm postcard. Ophelia Winters may may be the best NPC that I've played in a long goddamn time. (laughs) I love her. (laughs) Oh my god. Rooster's gonna look up and go, I know she's too old for me, but do you think she's single? Well, she did mention a husband dying, so possibly? She's a hundred, dude. I might have to bend my rules for her, because that broad was awesome. I hope to be half as interesting when I'm a hundred, if I make it to a hundred. I'll slip my phone back into my pocket and be like, all right. LSD. LSD. The look in Eve's eyes, what we saw in the video, possibly drugs? Maybe. Remembering the sanity I lost from that, I'm going to go, I seriously hope that was drugs, because if not, then yeah. We know it's not drugs. I mean, that's a good cover story for the uh, official reports, but I don't think Delta Green gets involved in drug running. Doesn't mean it's only drugs. Yeah, some cults will use substances to channel or expand their ability to channel whomever they're trying to connect with. Sure, I hear that and I think about, you know peyote and and dream walking and hallucinogenic mushrooms things that are used to open the mind hashish if you open your mind too far though and you uh are poking in the wrong corners who knows what might come in so with that there is one other former employee that is still alive according to the books Mm -hmm. it is about five o'clock now after your conversation and dinner that you guys have had so did you want to call luisa perez yeah, let's call Luisa Perez, why don't we? Sure, let's let's get all of our phone interviews out of the way while we can. So who's ringing Luisa Perez? Tonk. <laughs> Hola. Hello, this is Special Agent Redacted. I'm looking for uh, Luisa Perez. Uh, this is me. Do you have a, a few moments to talk? About what? what? What kind of special agent are you? I'm with the FBI. What would you like to know? 
I wanted to ask you a few questions about a facility that you worked in in Mustang, Arizona. I was only there for a year. What year were you there? 1930 to 1940, a long time ago. A very long time ago. Can you tell me anything about the facility? Uh, I was a bookkeeper there. You were a bookkeeper? Mm Mm-hmm. Are you a military member or a veteran? I was a civilian clerk, and I worked there, um, yes. All right. What sorts of books were kept in such a facility? Uh, So mostly uh, invoices in, uh, payables out. Um, It was Yuma. There's not a lot going on there. Very true. What sorts of, I mean, of course you would need food and other and other such supplies to bring into such a facility. Can you tell me about any of the more unusual supplies that may have been ordered in? Uh, no, nothing unusual. I mean, we, we had a lot of, uh, the when it came to food, we had a lot of Mexican food for the Spanish patients, and we had a lot of American food for the gringos. Were there a lot of Hispanic patients? Uh, 50-50. That high? I thought everyone who was there came from Massachusetts. Oh, I think they're all. Those were all gone. Those all went to the new place right before I started there. Oh, I see. So, when were the people from Massachusetts transferred? Uh, I think a lot of them in in 1938. So right before you came in. In and around, yeah. Was there much of a military presence still at that facility, or had they moved along? No, they were still there. A lot of Navy. Do you know where the people who were there when you were there, where they came from? A lot of them were trying to cross over and were captured. Others were, were caught in a an issue that was at the border, and a lot of folks there were, were there just because they were sick. With tuberculosis? Uh, some had tuberculosis. Other things, too. All kinds of things. It was a medicine annex, so it accepted a lot of people. Accepted? As far as prisoners or as patients? No prisoners, just patients. I would like to roll on this because it's not lining up with anything else we know. Before you roll, what's your intent? What are you trying to find out? If she's lying to us. Okay. Give me a, uh, a U-Mint roll. Zero, two. You're not getting the sense that she's lying. Granted, you're absent any kind of body language that would be able to tell you definitively, but by her voice, she does come across suspicious because she's speaking to someone from the FBI and traditionally federal government in the Southwest and a lot of the Hispanic culture does not mesh well um, for good reason, but still beyond that, she does not seem to be lying or fabricating. And Quinn will write on a paper, New Mexico, because this is where she's located, right? Yes. Did you move to the new facility that they had in New Mexico? No. I left well before that. So what took you to New Mexico from Arizona, if I may ask? He was five foot six, had the great smile and a laugh that I loved. Fair. Very fair. Albuquerque's a nice town. I've heard that. I haven't been to visit yet. I I would like to break in using my halting Spanish and say, uh, Mrs. Perez, uh, I am... Agent redacted. I was wondering, did you hear about any unusual occurrences in that annex? Give me a Spanish roll. Let's see if I get lucky on this. Uh, 62. I've only got 20. You're able to get your your idea across. And in in Spanish, she replies, no, no, there there really was nothing out of the ordinary. Um, It wasn't a great job, but nothing weird. Is there anything else? I'll glance around at the rest of the team with raised eyebrows, seeing if anyone has any other questions. I mean, do we know where the new facility was that they sent them to? Did we know about a new facility before this? Yes, I had already found out that they moved things to New Mexico. That's right, okay. Um, is there anything else? Quinn just kind of shrugs her shoulders. She doesn't feel like... We've gotten anything from this phone call and doesn't really have hopes that we're going to get anything useful. No, I, I, I think that's good. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Okay, well, I hope you have a good day. To you as well. Thank you. Hang up. Your phone rings. And look down at it. Is it a number that I know? Yes. You see uh, Detective Reardon's name pop up if you've added her to the phone. I have. I would have definitely done that. I think I do that as a matter of course for every case, just add in the important numbers. 
So I'll reach over and answer it and put it on speaker. Detective Reardon, good afternoon. Uh, yeah, I wish it was good. What's going on? So, turns out Eric Allen Raven's only 17. He's underage. Everything that we talked about, we can't be used. Um, we can't hold him because he's got a valid alibi. Even though he said that he was there, we have video proof as well as IP addresses and time that he was online elsewhere, not at the scene. So we fucked up. Shit. Quinn Mao's streaming. It makes a note that she wants to watch the stream from that evening. All right. Fuck. We had to let him go. We put him back into in custody of his parents. We're trying to find a way around it right now. I talked to the DA. The DA said it was kind of flimsy at the moment because we don't have anybody else on it. But I told you I would keep you in, in touch with things that happened, good things and bad. So sorry, this was bad. Well, I guess we were due. Apparently his fake ID was really goddamn good. They're getting better every every year. Yeah. Fuck. Well, thank you for keeping me in the loop. Um, and I'll glance over at Quinn because she told us about his compatriots. And she shakes her head. Okay. We'll keep you in the loop if we find anything else that might be able to be used. Bloody miners. Yeah, sorry. We'll figure it out. I'm going to send some people out and we're going to we're going to do some more more looking. All right. Let me know if you find anything. We'll do. I hope his parent. Oh, shit. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And actually, like right before she hung up, Quinn actually rushed out of the room to get to her room because she wants to grab her laptop. So Quinn runs out of the room and um, you see a woman walking down the hallway with the cameraman behind her. Like toward me or just toward your room. And she's talking to him. Does she see me? Not at the moment. She's going to try to get into her room and close the door. Did we decide these were adjoining or not? They are in a row. But she'll get in a room, kind of listen, grab her laptop, and unlock her side of the adjoining door. Because is she, wait, is she right next to Rowan's room? Give me a luck roll. Shit. I was waiting for that. 100. Oh, <laughs> no, wait, I don't know how luck works. far end. <laughs> uh, luck is, is basically a skill of 50. You're at the far end. Your room is adjoined to Roosters. Of course it is. But Roosters um, and Rivers is not adjoined because only two are adjoined. It doesn't go in a row all the way down. Oh my gosh. And of course, why Why did she have to have her as a joint to Rooster? Because <laughs> that door is always locked. That door is always locked um, like a chair propped under it. Yeah. <laughs> she is going to kind of put her eye at the people, see if she can see the camera. You don't see the camera from the people, but you do hear, like, ready? Ready? All right. We'll get action and start going. And then you hear a knock at the door, Rowan. All right. I think Quinn hears the knock, but knows it's not her door. And she is just trying to quickly get to her own phone to text Rowan. Camera crew. Okay. I'll, like, throw a puzzled look over at Rooster and be like, well, that was quick for her to get that back. And I'll go and open the door. The door opens up and there is a woman in a bright light with a camera behind. Hi, my name is Chris Price. I'm from KYMA. Um, we're here investigating the death of the Abrell family. I understand that you have you have a statement or something something involved here? Rowan's glasses go a dark pink with the bright light shining on them and a couple of tears escape her because she's just like, ow, 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 but silently. And she takes a second to compose herself because it's like, well, I wasn't expecting a camera crew outside my door, but it's also not the first time I've dealt with the press. So it's like, the investigation is ongoing. We are working on that right now. As of right now, I don't have any statement to make. Thank we you. understand that, that a minor was arrested and was being withheld without parental consent or without the parents being involved. Is that is that true? I'm going to silently apologize to, to, to Detective Reardon and say... Any arrests that have been made were made by the Yuma Police Department. I'm afraid I don't have any statement on Why that. is the FBI involved if this is just a simple murder? This is an ongoing investigation that I am not at liberty to discuss, and I will step back and close the door as quickly as I can. Shit. All right. Well, at least we got we got something. No, we don't have anything. Shit. All right, we'll figure it out. And just, like, turn away from the door and take my glasses off, covering my eyes with, with my hand. Just, oh, that hurt. I don't know if you've ever been on the other side of those lights, but ow. Bad news, we've got press. 
I'm Tiana Hansen, and I play Rowan. I'm Ben Sislowski, and I play Rooster. I'm Seth Jones, and I play River. I'm Laura Domingo, and I play Quinn. I'm Dan Voshkevich, the Handler. Our story is based upon the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dreams Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. Season 2 is based on the scenario Ex Oblivioni by Dennis Detweiler. If you like our story, there are many ways you can support us. First, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episodes, Rowan's written reports for each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons, Victor Von B., Stephen Schwartz, Director Arayo, Jonathan Powell, and Ben Warner. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave a review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on all the usual social media sites. The Redacted Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear, give Quest and Chaos YouTube and Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons and Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis. This week we have an extra special thanks to Alexander Hollins for writing Aya Daganaya. You could find more of Alexander's work at alexanderhollins.com. Hollins is spelled H-O-L-L-I-N-S. Thanks, Scrivener. Join us next week. Because outside the bounds of reality lurk entities with names unpronounceable by the human tongue, creatures of hunger and rage that would like nothing more than to devour our insignificant universe.